0: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk to you about that first moment when you interacted with your abuser And how there's a pretty high chance that it was calculated on their end. What you thought was this organic chance meeting, or maybe you, maybe you met through a mutual friend or you met online or something, but there's a high chance that that person had some plans that you didn't realize they had. They were several steps ahead of you where in your mind, you were just like, oh, this is happening now. And they were like, yes, this is happening because I have set this moment up. Um, I do actually have an episode, um, where I talk about something like reframing our first date or something like that, where I talk about this whole lavish, um, night that I shared with my abuser, um, again, the first time that we actually hung out outside of the gym where we had known each other for a short time, like not really well, Um, and then trying to understand what was actually happening versus what I thought was happening at the time. So definitely check that out if that's something that you want to learn a little bit more about. I'm trying to find it. Um, But reframing the first date, and I published that on October 5th of 2022. So just scroll back a couple episodes if if you're interested in that. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk about a memory that I had of my abuser um, and how I now understand what was really going on before we do that, let's, um, dive into struggles and successes. Um, man, I just feel like I've had the same struggle for a while. Oh, okay. So (laughs) the other night I was scrolling through Instagram. Um, it was late. I needed to go to sleep and I found a graphic, uh, which I ended up sharing on Instagram. And, um, it was like strange things that narcissists do. Again, not all abusive people are narcissists. Not all narcissists are abusers. I like to use more general terms. I like to say abuser um, because, you know, anyway, (laughs) Um, there's a lot of issues and things like that online and a lot of discussions about using the word narcissist. And I also, I, I really don't like to demonize them i don't want to feel like i'm out here just like attacking narcissists even though you know i mean we've got self-aware narcissists we've got ben taylor we've got lee hammock uh who are out here talking about the things that they've done it's just like as someone who's not a narcissist i feel kind of weird slinging that around so i will use the word abuser most often that's where i'm at right now in my journey but anyway it's like uh strange things a narcissist will do and I was reading through the list. And the thing is that like my, my for you page and my feed on Instagram and things like that aren't necessarily heavily abuse content related because I have steered away from that for a long time. Like that was all I was consuming, which a lot of you are in that phase right now where like you have to see it, you have to have that. Um, I think that in a lot of ways for a lot of us, like having that content, you know, Like I, I used to say that, like I would, um, eat <laughs> Lee Hammock's, um, the narcissist code podcast for breakfast. Cause like every morning I woke up, I had to listen to his podcast. I had to have something that was like reminding me of my reality and what I was going through and sort of validating me and helping me understand things and all of that. But anyway, now I see way less of that because my brain wants to do other things. Like I'm here to help all of you, but I want to, learn about other things and think about other things and do all this stuff. Right. So this one pops up and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is turning into a really long struggle. But I had a couple of, um, I had a couple of, of memories pop up and I felt pretty good about them. Um, it was like, it was some things that had, I would say been buried and I I shared them. Um, I ended up sharing them in my stories. I just like did a couple of blurbs like, you know, this post reminded me of um, you know, talked about like poor sportsmanship and how they want to walk way ahead of you and all that stuff. And like those things are really sad to remember because you remember how poorly you were treated. Um, it doesn't feel good to be treated like garbage, no matter who you are, what you're doing. And so I sort of talked about that. And so that was my struggle, was like, yeah, you know, obviously I don't think that I'm out here healed. I never will say that I'm healed or anything like that. But anytime that those memories pop up, it's it can be sad, it can be hard. Um, it can feel like a setback, although I like to remind people that it's not a setback. Like trauma is like, you know, it's waves and sometimes the waves gonna hit you really hard and sort of take you out, and sometimes it's just like a little splash, and you're like, ugh, I wasn't ready to get splashed like that. Um, but the success was that um again, I felt really good about how I processed it at that time. I was like, mm, yeah, these things are in here. I'm gonna share these. And then I got countless messages from people who thanked me for sharing and then who were able to relate their stories, their similar stories of what they went through uh, by me sharing that. And that was a really good success and a really good reminder for me because I have been sharing less things like that. Again, because, you know, this is where I'm at in my journey. I come on the podcast. I, you know, try to educate and validate things like that. And then I'll make some content over on, on TikTok and YouTube and things like that. But on Instagram, I'm kind of just hanging out. So I was like, oh yeah, there are still people here who could definitely benefit from my own struggles and memories and things like that. Like if it can help anyone, then I'm so happy to be able to share that. So that was a struggle and a success all in one. So let's talk about, um, that first moment I'm going to share mine. And while you're listening to this, I want you to, or afterwards, if you feel like it, whatever works for you, I want you to think about like your first interaction that you've ever had with your abuser. Um, obviously we're not going to all have the same story, it can be really foggy for some people, maybe it was a long time ago. Um, obviously, at the time we're feeling and thinking one thing, and so to be able to take the reality of that or to think back and and try to put together some puzzle pieces and be like, "Wow, okay, that was calculated. It can be hard um, but it's also kind of um, for me, I think Frank, it's creepy, it's scary. Knowing that there are people like that, people who are doing these kinds of things, people who are, again, several steps ahead of you when you're just like minding your business, like, oh, I just met a person. Cool. And they're like, "Mm -hmm. yeah, this is going according to my plan. Thank you for falling for it or whatever. Um, But it can also be really healing to, again, have more puzzle pieces to understand what happened and why and how it happened, I think can be really helpful. So hopefully this will be helpful to you. So I worked at a CrossFit gym. Um, and they worked out there and that's how I met them. I remember when they walked in, I remember they caught my eye, because they are an attractive person. Um, and I was like, ooh, okay, interesting. But I didn't really think of anything like I'm just like this old, like old rundown mom. That's how I viewed myself at the time. Uh I was very tired to be fair. I was very run down. I was um I was pretty lonely. Um, I was pretty much alone all the time with my kiddo and three dogs and trying to like work some just to get out of the house and stuff like that. Cause I'm actually, I'm a sign language interpreter. If you don't know that about me, uh, but I wasn't doing that work when my son was little. Cause I want to be home with him. And I got to take him to the CrossFit gym with me, which was like, sure. I'll go make a couple dollars, see some people work out for my kid. Um, and so that was working out for me. Kind of regret that. I don't really regret it. Cause you know, this was, this whole situation really helped me to, after I left um, to heal a lot of my childhood trauma or begin the process of healing that which I believe like, I'm not saying like, Oh, I got abused so I could heal that. But like, I don't know if I would have figured out some of the things that were like buried so deep in there without the situation. So I don't, I don't regret, um, I don't regret anything. Obviously there's a lot that I would say that I would do differently now. Um, and will never repeat, uh, but we can't go back and rewrite those stories. Right. So one day I was at the gym and, um, my son was there and he had a little green Jeep, like the die cast Jeeps. And he like pulled it back and it went, you know, across the gym and they walked over and picked it up and crouched down and and handed it to him. And they were like, talking to him, didn't really say anything to me. And I remember watching them and I was like, man, this person's really good with kids. That's cool. Um, and just was like, that's really cute. Like I wish, um, my son's dad and I, who I co-parent with and I, this is going to sound weird. I try very hard not to like say bad things about him or complain about him or anything like that, because we work really hard to have a good relationship. And for the most part, it is good. But I felt, um, that he wasn't spending the amount of time with our son that, that I would like him to have spent. I want him to be like my dad. So I was like, oh, well, I was always pretty sad. I was like, man, this guy only ever does his work. Like he's not around. Like it's just me and dad hanging out. It's just me and dad against the world. Um, and, I was, uh, yeah, like I said, I was very lonely. And so of course it caught my eye that here was this person who was like, you know, like thought my kid was cute and fun or whatever. And so like, there were more interactions like that. Surely I don't remember the rest of them as vividly as I remember that one. Um, but time went on and we ended up, you know, like we would go to an event where like mutual friends were there and things like that. And then fast forward and I've already done episodes about like, how we first ended up hanging out, things like that. Again, it's going to be like the first date. I've talked about the day at the park. This is all sort of like things that I've talked about. So definitely go back and check those out if, if that's something that you want to know more about in terms of like my personal story and my thoughts about those things and sort of some tactics thrown in there. But what happened was that all throughout our relationship, up until almost the end, my abuser would say, yeah, I never really noticed you at the gym. Like, you know, you're like a mom, like, which was also part of their devaluing because they were saying like, you were not valuable. You were not someone that I would notice. You were not, which again, like that happens. Like you could be working out next to like your future spouse for three years before you're finally like, this person's kind of cool or sitting next to them at a desk or, you know, taking the same train to work every morning. I don't know. Like, we're not going to immediately know a lot of times that someone next to us is cool or fun or smart, funny or whatever. Right but it was just a, you know they knew that i was self conscious when i met them i was self conscious about being a mom and like my body had changed and i'm tired and i have this kid that's clinging to me like who would find me attractive and of course you know in my marriage like i didn't have that kind of like it was just me we were like roommates you know whatever there's a lot more to that uh story but i was just like you know really self conscious about that and they knew that so they would say like yeah i never noticed you like you're a mom and like you're just always with your kid And like I'm over here and I'm like this cool single person, which they weren't. Like they weren't single. Um they're also not that cool. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Kinda. Uh oh man. I really it's funny, I really try not to like say bad things about my abuser. You know, like I'll say like these are the things they did and this was our dynamic and these are the things that I discovered, but I definitely try not to like actually say like, you know, they weren't smart or they weren't funny or whatever. I don't I don't talk like that. So pretend that didn't happen. (sighs) Man. I'm just rambling here today. Thanks for going on this journey with me. But anyway, so they would maintain that they never noticed me. Like they weren't interested in me at all. And then I remember the moment it was like near the end of our relationship that they started saying, yeah, I remember how lonely you were. I remember seeing you like walking. I would drive past and you'd be walking with your son in the stroller and you were all by yourself. You were always alone. And what that did was flash me back to when we first interacted in the gym with the green Jeep and said, aha, because that whole time, the first night we hung out, I was like, how could you not like this felt like it was that there had been like buildup and that we had both been like kind of eyeballing each other and things like that. Like, but this whole time you've been saying that you've never noticed me. They had noticed me. They'd been watching me. They saw me at the gym by myself. They may or may not have seen a time that my husband did show up and interact with me and clocked it as an unhealthy relationship. And we're like, there's space here for me to jump in. Later on, I found out that it's kind of their MO to go after brunette girls at the gym who have a husband, who've never been in a queer relationship, who, you know, are not someone that you really should be going for. That's kind of their thing. So again, Their words, you know, two and a half years later, helped me to go back and be like, oh my gosh, this was calculated. There was a reason why they picked up my son's toy and approached my son to catch my eye. Um, and then of course, the first time that they came over to my house, they played with my son for like two hours straight, again, barely interacted with me because it was very calculated. It was very much, I know you're unhappy. I know you think your son's dad isn't good enough for your son. So I'm going to give you what you think you want for him for a little bit till you're hooked. So again, if I'm, t- if I'm, if anyone who's never been in this situation is listening to me, they're like, you're really just giving this person a lot of credit and sounds like you're paranoid and you're making this up. But if you're listening to this and you've been in this situation, you might also be having some aha moments where you're like, oh my gosh, what you thought was this innocent, just lock of a draw kind of thing. Was something that they had been thinking about. Something that they had been planning for. And then, of course, I watched this happen with the next, um, the new supply. This new girl comes with her soon-to-be husband. She's cute. She's brunette. She's fit. She goes to the gym with her husband, all that stuff. And, you know, immediately caught my abuser's eye. This is around the time that, like, I'm sort of on my way out. They know the relationship isn't good. They know that I'm starting to see them for, for, for who they truly are. And they're researching. They're asking this person, you know, what's your Enneagram, looking up what their Enneagram is. Like, these are the things that I saw happening. And I remember asking, like, why are you looking up your Enneagram with her Enneagram? Like that feels kind of like, like weirdly, because it was like, are they compatible? Um, And another thing that's really scary, and this is like off topic, but this made me feel so guilty for a long time, was that like, I had told my abuser, because I got really into the Enneagram when I was like trying to figure out what was wrong with me. In our relationship, that Enneagram nines are like the kindest, sweetest people pleasers, like really, um, like they don't have a lot of boundaries and stuff like that. If you're an Enneagram nine, I love you. You're some of the nicest people I've ever met. But also one of my like closest people is an Enneagram nine. And I'm always like, stop, put a boundary down, put a boundary with me. Like, stop saying yes, just because someone asked you, like, you don't have to people please all the time. And so I kind of felt like I helped set that ball in motion because I was like, gram nines are amazing. And then they found out she was an Egram nine and they're like, oh, she'll be so easy to manipulate. She'll just be like, whatever. Anyway, that's something that really bothered me for a long time, but I realized that there was nothing that I could have done to help her avoid whatever she went through. Um, you know, once these people have their, someone in their targets, not a lot can be done to stop that from happening. But anyway, yeah. So, they did the same thing with this next girl at the gym, which then also helped me understand a little bit more fully as well. Like every time they were showing up at the gym and then this next person that they were targeting was setting up at the gym or coming to the gym, they were watching those interactions. They're watching like, where's the weakness? Where's my moment? When can I make this move? And they know. So again, I know this was really specific to like myself and the next person who came along. Cause it was just like, you know, my user has this like really solid pattern. Um, Yours might be totally different. I don't know what your situation is going to be. But if you can think back again and think about how that first interaction was or one of those first interactions and see if you can come up with something that makes more sense versus just being like, yeah, I just met this person and they seemed like they were really kind and everything was good and then everything changed. I'll be right out to put it on for you, okay? Yeah, I'll be right there. Okay? Yeah, so I hope that helps you to... Have a little bit more of an understanding of what happened. Because again, these kinds of relationships, most of the time, they're not just, not just randomly happening. One person in the relationship hasn't planned for it. Obviously, <clears throat> my little kiddo just came in. He asked for something for me. So I'm going to go help him out and wrap this episode up. If you want to work with me, if you want to um, schedule a one-on-one coaching meeting with me, I offer 30 and 60 minutes coaching sessions. You can go to my website, thelindsaygidman.com, click on the coaching session tab, (laughs) click on the coaching tab and go ahead and make an appointment with me. I do have limited. um, If you go to the website, you'll see that there's like a lot of availability, but what I do is once a limited number of people book every week, I shut it down for that week because I do have another career. I have a kiddo. I have a lot going on. So if you want to get in with me, in fast because it does uh, book up really quickly some weeks. And um, if you are queer, as I am, you are welcome to join my LGBTQ support group for survivors. I'm wrapping this up. I'll be right there. Okay. Yes, I'm coming right now. It's going to be one Saturday a month. It's with Trey De La Torre from I Was Like Yo, Trey. Um, again, one Saturday month. Those links are on my website and on Trey's website as well. We want to really be able to help people, and we know that there is definitely a shortage of help for the queer community, so we're excited to get that up and running. Uh, By the time you hear this episode, we will already have had our first session, so um, definitely feel free to jump into that or share if you know someone who might benefit from that. If you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe. It really does help to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And I really appreciate that. I read all of your reviews and definitely am so thankful for them. Um, Other than that, take care of yourselves. Do something nice for yourself today and drink some water. I want to do the same. I'll see you all next week.